What it do, DMV. It is episode 89 of Chirpin' DMV. It is a another cold, snowy Friday in the DMV, I think. I don't know. We're recording Wednesday night, Bobcat. Uh, what's up with you? Oh, it's certainly snowing out here, man. We got big old fat flakes coming down. So staying warm and uh, talking hockey. Yeah, we're, Ooh, we're no kind caps of, to keep us busy. No caps to keep us busy for a damn week. So we're kind of precursing up because we usually do Thursday nights. I got men's league playoffs tomorrow. And um, number the we're the number two seed, the Wombats. We're taking on number three seed, Green Machine. Um, I kind of feel like a dick. So tell me if this is a dick scenario. So last week was our final game of the season. Um, we were playing the first place team, actually. And we haven't really beaten them all year. And I guess at, since I've joined, at least. Um, so we're up two to one in the third. And they put me on – we had three lines of offense. They put me on the third line and uh, – regressing back to when I've talked about how, like I told the story of like how I just got put in the C league because I joined halfway through the season because of COVID and stuff. It's like, I played in the C league. So I get what they put me like literally with the two worst guys, like guys, they can't skate. Nice guys just can't skate. So I spend the entire game just like watching these two dudes, like ice the puck the whole game. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, this is fun. So I finally touched the puck in like the second period. And the only time I was touching the puck really was when the defense would just try to like send me on like a breakaway, which just usually works like 3% of the time. So I never got the puck there. And then I get, like, tackled from behind mid-third, kind of late. There's, like, six minutes left in third. I get tackled from behind. I get up. I'm like, come on, ref. Like, that's bullshit as I'm skating back up the ice. And it it totally was. And then I turn around, like, chase a guy down, take him out. I get a penalty, and I just literally just left the game, just straight off the ice to the locker room. Uh, Been there. I've done it. Does it make you a dick? Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. Well, as I was walking off the ice, I heard him scoring the power play to tie it. What was the end result of the game? I don't know. I haven't seen him since last week, so <laughs> and I don't really know any guys on the team outside of Enroth, and I didn't ask him when I saw him today at the rink. So, oh well, we'll see what happens. So to be determined, we'll see. Is that so? I'm going to go ahead and assume we won Thursday night because I, I, I will put the team on my back. But loaded episode today, two interviews again. Uh, the second one, Montgomery Cheetahs, Bobcat. We talked to them doing a fundraiser, kind of to help save the program. Um, they do hockey for special needs there in Montgomery County. So good talk to them. And if you can figure out a way to donate, go do it. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to try and figure something out, uh, definitely in the preliminary stages, but, um, hopefully get maybe a, a Chell chirp attorney online and raise some money. We'll have to iron out some details, but yeah. Ben's already talking mad shit. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of talk being said about it, uh, in the chirp and Slack. but we also our feature interview today. The first gold medalist in Chirpin DMV history. Noah yeah, Grove, first baby. first gold medalist. DMV product straight out of Frederick, Maryland. Yep, Noah Grove. He's a 2018 Paralympic gold medalist, 2019 World Championship gold medalist. I think 2017 silver medalist. Um, so, yeah. yeah first, peaches. First, peaches is what they peaches, call Peaches, baby. Peaches, baby. So, first gold medalist on the pod. And he, he was an awesome guy. I mean, he was fun to talk to. But let's get into some hockey here. We're going to kind of like – jump this episode around a bit so we're going to start with the black bears and team maryland and we're going to send it right to no grove actually so let's start with the black bears bobcat um two we game say this series every week. monday tuesday Maine. yeah we and we say it every week it's like all right this is a big series because you either got like maine coming up or johnstown coming up and it's like all right we got maine again this weekend after splitting with dan barry but then it's a, not a good weekend at all no not at all maine jumped out in the first uh, took a one nil lead, two nil after the second. Uh, Maryland did eventually come back in the third, but they didn't score their first goal until just under three minutes left in the game. Lost four to one to Maine. Um, goal coming from Aiden Bruich for the Black Bears. Um, in some, 
I mean, not trouble. They're six points back, but they go back play Maine Tuesday night. Um, similar outcome, three to two game though. At least we we're a little bit closer, but there's no moral victories at this point in the season. Um, talk about it every week. How these games are four point games, or not two point games. You're only playing divisional games. Like got to make up room. Um, but goal from uh, our boy Luke Mountain here, and then Jude Curtis. But again, not enough. Fall short yeah. to Maine. They've got. Yeah. Uh, Quick turnaround, though. Uh, they are playing again. They um, got Johnstown this Johnstown, weekend, Friday, yeah. Saturday. Johnstown's tough. I mean, looking at the standings, Johnstown's got a game in hand at 24 to Maryland's 25. Johnstown's six points up with 35 to 29. So this is a series. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They I fucking mean, they, need four points, to be honest. You're either yeah. down 10 or you're down two coming out of this weekend. Yeah, there's a, a I don't know if we've said there's a must game, a must win game at this point, but I would say that this weekend is is must win for for the Black Bears. Um, not all bad news though. Black Bears did have a commit, assistant captain Matt Shanklin, uh, committed to Middlebury College. Um, what do you know about Middlebury, Matt? Nothing. So it's D three school, D three school up in. Uh, I believe they play in the Nescat. I was gonna, add, I was, I was gonna literally ask you that exact question because I was like, he's gotta know right yeah so they're 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 up in the NESCAC it's uh mostly private small schools but there was a song back when we were in high school um do you remember the lax bro song um like a popular artist or was like no 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 some goofy popular goofy viral thing but they talk about middlebury college up there and um it's it's uh they, they joke about it but yeah it's a really good school really good conference um, I think Shanklin was an assistant captain this year, played a little bit yeah. in the uh, CCHL. So congrats to him and uh, congrats to the Black Bears. Hopefully we can have a, a good turnaround this weekend, though, against Johnstown. Love it. Yeah, good for him. Good for Middlebury. Looks like it's all it's all coming out. Yeah, it looks like uh, Coach Malmock saying we found the perfect fit for his academic and athletic aspirations. Love to see that. Playing NCAA hockey, man. Good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Like a very good academic school. Very good academic. Um, that whole conference is all pretty tough schools to get into. So like, I think, believe it's like St. Mike's. There's a bunch of schools up there. But good programs. Congrats to Matt and the Black Bears. EHL now, Team Maryland. We're going to stick in Maryland. Maryland this, Maryland that. Black Bears this, Black Bears that. But they the won Ducks. Protect Ducks, baby. Yeah, and uh, that was on Tuesday, I think they played. But um, Team Maryland put up 35 shots against the Ducks. Ducks put up 42. So it was a real big game mm-hmm. uh, for Team Maryland. Netminder Oliver Quinn, 952 save percentage on the day. Not bad at all. Uh, but started out the scoring. Could you guess who scored the first goal for Team Maryland? The, the guy's name we can't. <laughs> ever fucking Arkapenko. Arkapenko. Yep. And then Evan Donnelly with the Apple. That's our boy. Shout out last week. Uh, hopefully you guys are Good supporting Evan still. Um, he had a game. Yeah, sure did. Sure did. So Team Maryland won rip after the first period. Um, Protect scored to even it up in the in the second, and then back to back goals by Team Maryland gave him a three one lead. Donnelly picked up a goal to add to his assist there, and then Patrick Nowak with his first goal of the game. Um, we had a shorty. We had a shorty in the third, so Protech would get it back within one goal, and then see uh, that. yeah, and then we had Rory Gresham but, shorthanded. It was yeah, empty but, net. It's okay, in the, yeah, it's in the say, SH add column. Add it in. Add it in. Okay, it in the shorty SH got, column. Shorty went for a ride. She went for a ride. Yeah, it's in the um, SH column. Give it. Well, to speaking him. of shorthanded goals, the opposite of that. It look, doesn't look like either of these power plays fare too well. No, no, certainly not. Uh, but uh, Team Maryland, they're, they're still looking good this year. I, I think, what do they got? They're coming against the first-place team this week, right? Yeah, I mean, they're still I – w- I don't want to say steady in second. It's it's the New Jersey 87, so I believe they're playing coming up this week. 
uh, tonight, actually Friday, who are 28, one and two uh, with 58 points. Team Maryland second at 15, 11 and five with 35 points. And they're up one game or sorry, one point on the Philly little flyers. And they're so they, they actually lead. play Philly on Monday and then the ducks again yeah. on Tuesday. Yeah. So before we talk next, they're going to have three games. So hopefully mm-hmm. uh, actually four, I don't know if we'll have the outcome of that Thursday night, right. game, but uh, a lot of points to, to check in on next week with uh, team Maryland, EHL, a bunch of games coming up. Um, but yeah, they're, I mean, they're still sitting there in second place. Like we I, said, I think I it's just like them the, and Philly battle for second. Cause the, they're not going to catch New Jersey and the Connecticut Rough Riders and whoever the fuck else is in the bottom is not going to catch them. No, they're ahead of Connecticut right now. Um, but dude, New Jersey has 162 goals at four and 66 <laughs> against that's a 96 goal difference. The next their highest team, team would be team Maryland. Yeah. Team Maryland with uh 15 positive 15. Everyone else in that league is negative goal differential. Um, they're on a 13 game winning streak. So let's see game who's the last team to fucking beat these bastards. New York Apple Corps. Oh, that, that, we don't care about them. The last place team. Yeah, oh, fuck. Do it the team before that, Team Maryland, baby. Five, yeah, four. so they, they've only got they get three losses on the year. Maryland gave them one of them, and the last place team they're gave them the other one. 16 and two in their last 18. Team Maryland was one of those losses. Granted, it was the game one of the 18, but we're coming for that ass, New Jersey. Yeah, I'm going to try and close that goal gap, maybe. <laughs> Christ, that's a shit ton. I mean, Jersey also yeah. – oh, man, I don't know. Yeah, they've, they've they've only played 31 games, 31 games for Team Maryland. Yeah, that's yeah. – god damn. That's, that's impressive. I don't know how you're going to stop a team that has almost 100 goal differential. <laughs> yeah. Pucks on that. Yeah, get get pucks deep. Get pucks deep. We'll figure it out. But I, I'm ready to kick it over to the interview, guys. It's Noah Grove now. Like like I said, awesome interview, and we're not going to make, make you wait any longer. So here he is. Bark down. Off the bar. Bark, bark down. Cross, bark and down. Off the bar and down. What a shot. All right, we now welcome on a very awesome guest, Frederick Maryland native, a 2018 gold medalist in the Pyeongchang Paralympics, gold medalist in the 2019 Ostrava World Championships, and silver medalist in the 2017 World Championships. Team USA sled hockey player, No Grove. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, guys. Thank you for having me on. No problem. Glad to have you on. I was pumped. Sandy Sandy shot me that text the other day and was like, hey, man, like, you want to get No Grove on? Like, Olympic medalist, sled hockey player. I was like, hell yeah, dude. Maryland kid. Why not? Let's do it. You, you, so do you train a lot down there? Do you hang out with Sandy a bit? Yeah, yeah. I've been training with him for, I think, like three months now. I just wanted to get some extra training in since um, a lot of our camps got postponed and moved around. So wanted to keep fresh, keep, you know, in shape. Um, that's been the goal. I feel you. Do you, so do you take, do you take the sled down there and all and that synthetic ice and everything? Yeah. How's that? How, like, what's the difference? Um, there's not as much glide, so yeah. it's actually helped my stride really a makes lot. Work. Yeah, you work yeah. in those arms. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, he's helped a lot though you know he's cleaned up a lot of like form that um he was able to translate from stand-up hockey to sled hockey um so that kind of stuff has has been a huge help love it love it so we'll start here and obviously you know you wouldn't be on the sled hockey team unless it weren't for you know the amputated leg so kind of take us through that story for you and how that all came about and just give the listeners kind of a backstory before we get into the actual hockey itself yeah for sure so in 2004, I was diagnosed with osteosarcoma, otherwise known as bone cancer. Um, I had to have my left leg amputated through the knee um, that summer. Um, I was on chemo for about eight months um, and got my first prosthetics like after that. I didn't get into sled hockey until I just typically played 
able-bodied sport. So I, you know, didn't see myself as disabled. I didn't need a wheelchair, just had the prosthetic. I can move around really well. Um, So as a kid, I grew up playing, you know, just all your typical sports like baseball, soccer, basketball, that kind of thing. Um, But in 2011, um, my mom introduced me to the Kennedy Krieger Institute um, who had a sled hockey team and they were holding like a try sled hockey event. Um, And they've been asking me to join for ever since I was in the hospital, actually, they had reached out. Um, I was at Georgetown Pediatric Hospital. Gotcha. um, And Kennedy Krieger is located in Baltimore. uh, And they had asked me to um, come try sled hockey. So, you know, my mom said, get in the car, we're going somewhere. And (laughs) I tried sled hockey, they fell in love and the rest is history. So she kind of like forced it on you in a way. She's like, hey, well, I'm not going to tell him we're going to try hockey. Yeah, we're going to try hockey. It sounded like it was uh, a little reluctant on your end, perhaps, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I I wasn't the most uh, adventurous um, kid back then, that's for sure. So initial reaction showing up to play sled hockey, were you like, what, what the hell are we doing here, mom? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I had followed hockey a bit, like with the Caps being here and all, but yeah, I, we weren't really a big hockey family. Like my... Right. Uh, my granddad and dad were both in the horse racing industry. My dad was all state soccer player growing up in high school. My brother played soccer. So like we were big, like soccer family essentially. And um, I, I got hooked on it, to be honest. I wish I had started earlier. I didn't start skating until I was eight. I wish I started earlier, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So, so what we do with all the local guys on these episodes is just kind of take it in order of your career. So, we just went through how you kind of got started in hockey, but when was the first time or who was the first club you got with and then kind of progressed us up into kind of when you got to the uh, development camp there? Yeah, it was, was Kennedy Krieger. You said that was the first team that reached out to you? Yeah, so their sled hockey team, the Bennett Blazers, they had a, a junior sled hockey team. They, um, they're an institute for um, mental and physical disabilities. You know, they have physical therapy, things along uh, of that nature. Um, and they had like a bunch of sports for disabled children. And um, so I played like a bunch of sports with them growing up. I did, I did a triathlon. I played some wheelchair basketball, wheelchair softball. Um, I was involved with them pretty heavily. Um, but sled hockey was my main sport. Um, my first, I think I, I played two years of juniors before I ended up getting moved up to an adult team. Um, but that was just because I made the development team. Um, but I played against like, a bunch of kids who eventually made the development team made the national team like my roommate on the national team jack wallace we made the team the same year we played against each other in juniors played against each other in adults on the development team together all that good stuff you were talking about the uh development team um what was that process like did was that again you reached out or found a tryout or did they find you um so, yeah so that process um involves going from your coach will recommend you for the development camp that happens um, in Buffalo, New York every summer. And it's a, the sled development camp. They have a bunch of different age groups um, for like stand-up players, like a lot of like the NHL guys, like from the U S like go through there. Like they all go through that program. Um, A lot of the women's national team players, like they'll also like go to those camps. Um, And then they also have the sled camp, which is the development camp is mainly for, like younger players who are looking to make the development team at one point, but also guys like adults who haven't been playing the sport for as long and have potential and could potentially make the development team. Um, There's always like some kind of someone who was either in a car accident or they were in the military and like who hadn't been playing as long. And then there's kids who 
know, come from all walks of life, whether they were born that we'll way. We'll kind of get to that, but is, is the majority of it military guys? No. Or no, it's just kind of all spread out? Yeah, I th- on the national team, there's seven military guys, okay. if I'm not mistaken. So how big is the the para hockey community? I know, um, I mean, you, you go to UNH, but I think you're home right now, right? But you're, you're skating right. with Sandy. Is there places for you to practice with a team, or do you have a team up north when you're away at school? Hey, how do you stay sharp for the national program? Yeah, so I actually um, transferred to Towson University. Okay. Um, fall of 2019 gotta fact um, check that yeah that's on me <laughs> that's okay um but call usa hockey and complain that their bios <laughs> are updated yeah I'll, I'll call them um <laughs> but uh i i still play for the university of new hampshire team um they typically have strict rules um i know we're getting a bit off track but they they typically have strict rules on like who you can play for for club and all that um but i said look like these are some of my best friends like there's a reason i went up here to school like i want to play with them um but as far as like staying sharp and uh a lot of guys get like personal trainers like we get um stipends specifically for to pay for whatever kind of trainer we want and equipment we need you can see the the skier g i have right right here in the background i'm on that like every other day um you know they they help us with ice time and everything but for the most part like guys will get together on their own like uh, i think we've met like unofficially a co- uh, probably about a dozen national team players like for each unofficial event just to skate and with each other and, and be around each other and um just to keep keep sharp since we're not having camps but typically we would have a camp like every month with club games every month and everyone's pretty much on their own do you have national uh teammates around the area or at least in the, the relatively close area um i think the closest is like massachusetts so no (laughs) no no not at all i'm kind of curious as you talk about training um what is that training process like in terms of like when you're working out and trying to perfect your game Uh, it's 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 got to be totally different than somebody who's training that's like on the on the high school team or something like what muscles are you working? What body parts do you work in? Are you working those hands and wrists a lot since you're turning and cutting? Like what's, what's that training program? Like, right. Right. So it, it is pretty similar to uh stand up hockey, but instead of focusing like a lot on like leg strength and explosiveness in your legs, it's right. shoulders, lats, delts, triceps, that kind of like all upper body for sure. Love it, love it. Do you, so do you ever we wouldn't excel. At, we wouldn't excel at that. Yeah, we wouldn't excel at all. These traps are very weak. You ever play any <laughs> stand-up hockey at all? Since you got the prosthetic, you throw some skates on. Uh, I play street hockey out in the cul-de-sac with love my it. friends in the neighborhood. Um, I'm a, I'm a whiz at that. I think I'm pretty good, but whatever. I mean, you're the only gold medalist in the neighborhood. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They uh, just turned so, 21. Break that out at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so I I read that your first time with the national team, it was you, you you said quote that it was a tough season due to your lack of confidence. What what made it so tough? I mean, what wasn't working, and was it just the mental stuff, or what was it? So I'm not sure like how much um, you guys know about this, but originally when I was picked for the team, I personally felt like it was not my time. And which is fine, um, but a little premature, co- maybe. Yeah, but there were players on the team who expressed that I was ready and that I could take the next step. And the coaching staff, um, uh, headed by Jeff Sauer, um, 
also believed that it was I was ready to for the jump to the national team. Um, and, and sadly, he pa- I get the team was picked in July, and sadly he passed away in December um, before we could go to uh, the World Championships uh, five months later. Um, and that probably killed my confidence a bit. Um, right. You know, they brought in they brought in a new coach, um, and and hats off to, to Guy Goslin for all the work he did and everything. Um, the system was just not like for me, like he played more of like a, uh, fast, like grinding system. And I'm more of a puck possession forward. Like I'm going to move the puck around and get it to open guy kind of thing. Huh. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, what was that, that transformation from year one to year two, was there something that, that switched or something that clicked or, um, what was the development like for you? Um, I'd say that development like more or less happened from, uh, the, after the Paralympics to the world championships in 2019. Um, I was just, and not that I wasn't working hard for the Paralympics. That was the hardest I've ever trained in my life, but I was extremely consistent with my workouts. I was gaining weight. Like, I think I gained like maybe 10 pounds from the Paralympics to the next world championships. And I had all the confidence in the world. I went from, I'm pretty certain I had, Two minutes and thirty seconds in the gold medal game. Gold medal game in Pyeongchang. Um, but no, I think I looked. It was like four fourteen. Don't sell yourself short. Hey, that's, that's four more minutes. That's four more minutes of a gold medal game I've ever played in. Right. Um, but in the gold medal game a year later at the World Championships in Ostrava, I think I played like nineteen or twenty minutes Love as it. a forward. So getting those Duncan Keith minutes up front. <laughs> yeah, so that, uh, I, I mean, we can't. We, we've We've been fact-checked a couple times here, but I did some digging. Uh, nicknames Peaches. Is that what the boys call you? Or is that a family nickname? Or Where does that come from? What yeah. do the boys call you in the locker room? <laughs> As you can – I'll, I'll explain the story, and then I'll, uh, I'm showing you a real-life example now. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we had – my I think it was like my second camp with the national team. We had a joint camp with the development team. They like to get, like, all the guys together, see where everyone's at. Like, it's good competition. Everyone loves it. Um and we had a meeting with USADA, which is the U.S. Anti-Doping yeah. Agency. And they were doing, like, a, a presentation for us. And at the end, they were they were answering questions and, like, asking questions. And if you answered a question or asked a question, you got, like, a prize. And um, I was feeling a little bit co- confident. And I ended up – I asked some kind of – not, like, backhand question, but, like, a sarcastic, like – <laughs> like joking question and the lady who was giving the presentation uh, said to me well when you make the national team you'll find out not knowing that I was already on the national team and had already <laughs> been drug tested and everyone started laughing at me and everything my face got all bright red pink that you're seeing now um, and someone said man Noah's face is so red it looks like a peach and like with the peach fuzz I got on my face and everything oh, that's, that's funny as hell. man we, we couldn't have been like couldn't have been like apples. You could, you could, I mean, yeah, your puck possession. Changes. Yeah, you want to find the open player. Could, we, maybe we can change that. <laughs> Noah apples. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I love it, though. So like we said, we just kind of talked about it. Uh, you said you're kind of a puck moving guy. I mean, I was going to ask you what, what your role is on a team. I mean, sniper, grinder, like you said, backstrom mask, maybe this uh, puck moving guy. But is there any player in the NHL you kind of try to model your game after that style you like any any anyway? Um. A lot of like the film I've been watching. So yeah, to 
I believe that I'm more of like a puck mover, like possession forward, like I can get the puck to some of the open guy and, and they go score the goal. Um, kind of like a Backstrom-esque, but lately I've been watching a lot of film on guys who also focus more on the defensive side. That's kind of where I need to improve my game, being like so small. Um, so one of the guys I've been so watching some two a lot. Way, two way. Yeah, yeah. I think that would like help complete my game a bit more. And someone I've been watching has been Brad Brad Marchand. Oh, um, <laughs> um, other than the ca- like Sean Couturier or something, <laughs> he's a little bit too big for me. See, Brad, you're already watching Brad's Boston, and you're size. not watching Bergeron. Come on, yeah, uh, he's more, but Brad's more like my size, and yeah, yeah, you know, true, all that true, stuff, true. So. Oh, so can you uh take us through your first international goal? What was that like? The first time we're in that Team Ooh. USA jersey, um, I don't think I scored my first goal until like my fourth or fifth game i think people started bragging on me because i've been scoring in practices and stuff and they were like oh well, you haven't gotten your your first goal yet kind of thing it only took you four games in international competition yeah yeah right um <laughs> but uh we were playing germany at worlds okay. in 2017 and uh we were already up six nothing <laughs> and and uh coach had coach was playing me a, a lot just so i could try to get like that first goal um and I was the center on that line at, at that point. I ended up getting moved um, later in the tournament, but I got thrown out of the face-off circle and we had someone else come in and, and take the face-off and he lost it directly back. Well, every single time they hadn't set a defender on the goal line there. Um, and Germany had been playing like really compact, like in their defense. Like if you w- took the puck around the net, like they weren't going to challenge you like at all. Like they were just going to let you go like all the way around. They're packing um, it in and making you do all the work. Yeah, yeah. And so the 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 German center won it straight back, um, right to the goal line. I picked the puck up, uh, got it around, behind the net, put, picked my head up, and saw that they weren't coming like to me. So I had you a lot Michiganed of, it. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> it. But I did like go around the net, like left-handed, um, and roofed it backhanded. That was oh. my. So, Dude, so I, feel, I feel like a lot i feel like most like every time i'm watching sled hockey it's just non-stop snipes like every goal is just <laughs> bar down and roofed snipes yeah a, a lot of the goalies aren't as good uh like up top just because like right. they're sitting down mm-hmm. um, but actually some of the better goalies in the world for some odd reason shooting low on them is like the way to go i'm okay. not quite sure why but okay so um, after you won a gold medal, uh, you got to meet Ovi, you got to see the cup. Like, what was that like? That had to be pretty awesome. Like, two two champs, top of the sport. Like, what was that experience like? And I mean, it sounds like you're a Boston fan, but that's still got to be pretty freaking cool, right? No, I'm a, I'm a Caps fan. Caps okay, okay. I was, I was super psyched when they won the cup. Um, so at, he came with the cup. Ovechkin came with the cup to Georgetown Pediatric Hospital. Um, and they invited me to come, you know, see the cup, bring the gold medal, get some pictures, that kind of thing. He was so drunk. It was, it was hilarious. <laughs> At the could, hospital? Yeah, you could smell oh, it on no. him. I mean, it was like four days after, like, yeah, they won yeah. the cup. Like, that's awesome. He's partying for months after. That's yeah. so sick. Um, but and it was super And you cool. took the gold medal and, like, <laughs> I wish you had one of these, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, right. I was wearing it, and, like, you could tell he was out of it, like, and he just kind of looked at it. He was like, oh, I, that's cool. I was like, <laughs> Sick, thanks um but yeah it was it was super cool like getting to meet him and getting to hold the cup and everything i know some people don't like it that you get to hold the cup but 
it's only a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, well, honestly, you have a gold like, medal. You have a gold medal. You yeah, tell them, hey, on. you can hold my gold medal while I pick the cup up here. Yeah, yeah right. like a little give and take here, Obi. You don't have one of these. I don't have one of those. <laughs> you know what I mean? I shouldn't be dogging a guy like that. But uh, I kind of want to go back to the 2018 Paralympics where you said, you know, that after that is when you really kind of improved your game. But I mean, still two goals, two assists for four points. Um, I'm sure you remember those two goals big time was was one of them that german goal or was that or was that two different goals um one was the first goal against italy in the semifinal game and the other was against japan so you opened the scoring in the semifinal what was that like and take um, us through that goal a little bit so japan. we had started off pretty rough i normally against teams other than canada we would have scored like five minutes into the game but i think uh-huh. there was like two minutes left in the period and we were like struggling against them um, and they might have, they might have, they might have shut us out in the first period. So it was either late in the late in the first or early in the second. Um, uh, Nico Landeros, one of the defensemen, was coming on a break. He shot the puck just hard on that um, goalie, bounced it up into the air like he saved it like straight up into the air, and the puck landed in the crease. And I got there just in time and just chop goal it in from inside the crease. Love it. Love yeah. it. So we, we kind of mentioned this earlier, but playing on that U.S. national team and some other high-level sled teams, I'm sure you've met, uh, you know, a ton of guys with incredible stories, whether that was former military, uh, maybe some guys like in your situation that had the cancer and had to get an amp- amputation or something like that. But I'm curious if there's one guy in, who had a story that really stuck out to you that you kind of will always remember, maybe like one guy in his story um, that really meant a lot to you or anything. Yeah, so... I, this summer when um, like COVID really started hitting and we were doing like weekly zoom calls with the national team. Right. Um, we uh, maybe it was earlier than that. I think it was, I think it was like January, like right before um, COVID like really hit, we had a camp um, and it was around the time of like the black lives matter movement um and our team like the sodaki team is pretty diverse like we have a mm-hmm. lot of people from different backgrounds whether it's military or ethnicity or you know whatever and i remember sitting in the room and and the coaches had the guys who are um not like not white um they they came up and they you know told their stories about growing up and all the shit they've been through and everything and and that, that stuff really stuck out, like, I think mm-hmm. to everyone on the team, including the guys who had shared their stories. And it was just stuff like, wow, like, these are our brothers. And, like, th- this is the hard shit that they've gone through. And and that stuff, like, really inspired me. And I think, like, we became really close as a team. So on the, to, to lighten it a little bit, is there guys – I mean, I know you guys have to travel a lot, and when you get together, it's probably a lot of business, but are you guys still pulling, you know, typical locker room pr- pranks, or there, is there guys on the team that you always have to be on the lookout for? Or yeah. Who's the, and, who's and, the guy in the locker room? And what's your role? Up? Yeah. Like, are you on the aux? <laughs> are you the DJ? Like, No, no, no. Um, I'd say I'm kind of like the little brother on the team. I'm not the youngest anymore, but I look the youngest. So, um, Beaches, baby. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, hey, being the youngest, you get away with some. <laughs> I know from experience. Yeah, I definitely get away with some uh, shenanigans, like you know, say like a joke or something. I'll definitely get away with it. Um, but yeah, like you know, I get the typical like little brother treatment, like kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we talk like every day. Like 
we have a, our group chats on the national team and every, someone is saying something every day, whether it's like the promote something or whether it's like banter about the Super Bowl coming, like, right. you know, um, there's always, always something uh, to talk about on the national team. So you've got to travel a ton. Um, what's, what are the places that have stuck out the most to you, whether it's been the people or the food or the view, like what are some of the, the, the favorite places you've, you've been, been to so far? Uh, Korea is definitely up there. Um, that was super cool. Like just getting, being able to like be in the village, like all the ceremonies and everything. Um, the food, like we're huge Asian cuisine fans on the national team. Everyone eats it. So when we were able to go down to the, go down, um, downtown Gang Yoon, um, we were able to get some Korean barbecue, which was super cool. Um, legit. Yeah. Real Korean barbecue. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, and then when we went to Ostrava, we took a, a day trip to Prague, which was super cool. That probably the most beautiful city I've ever seen in my life. Um, and right before the Paralympics, we had a trip to uh, Turin, Italy. Um, and the food there, I, I've never had better food. That, we, we all ate good for, for a week straight, that's for sure. For, for someone that didn't want to play hockey, uh, it, it seems like it's going pretty well, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I love it. I'm hooked to it. Kind of want sure. to build off that last question, Bob. What are the worst countries you've been to? Where's the place you showed up to and you're like, ah, ugh. When are we getting the um, hell out of here? Like, should I, we lose so we can lose? Leave earlier? <laughs> right. Any brutal hotels or like just bad um, travel nightmares? The so there's a tournament every year that Canada hosts called the Canadian. I think it's now called like the Canadian Tire Para Ice Hockey Cup or something like that. Um, and we always go down there. It's us, Canada, and they'll invite like some other teams like Korea, Czech, Russia, um, and one of the times we stayed there in prince edward island the hotel we were staying at the food they served was terrible <laughs> like, pei is supposed to be beautiful isn't it not in december no <laughs> no it was raining every day it was so cold and the food at the hotel that they were serving us was not great by any means so we would we would come in for lunch or breakfast and we would sit down and we'd look at it and we'd be like coach we're going to the cafe across the street and get, get lunch or breakfast well you'll yeah, have to right. ask you'll have to ask coach gorder about the uh, cafeteria food in botano because it is <laughs> i'm sure it's it's probably worse than the uh prince edward island hotel I'll, I'll be sure to ask him about that so let's 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 continue the trend of canada being bad here and let's talk about that gold medal game the 2-1 ot winner uh talk about that game as a whole i mean that's a one nothing game canada seemingly that entire game and then i think it's like 40 or 50 seconds left it's a tie game and then it's an ot winner and i mean i've won some big games in my life but i've never won a gold medal game so what were the emotions like for you and the team and all that stuff yeah so i what had happened was um i think like later in the first period we were playing like really sloppy and um we we're four checking down their zone. Um, one guy misses Mark. And then, so it was, it was four on three coming back the other way. I did not get on my man in time and he made the pass across and that guy ended up scoring to, to go up one, nothing. Um, I actually didn't play the rest of the game after that, to be honest with you, which is fine. I mean, we needed, we did what we needed to do to win. Um, but, you know, I think at first, like I kind of felt like, like worthless like useless but 
you know, I realize like quickly that, hey, we're playing for something bigger than, you know, my emotions and my feelings right now. Like we got to fucking win this shit. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. Love it. So I've, I've got, uh, I've only got two more questions for you. Um, last one is, I know you said you grew up playing uh, a bunch of able body sports, your big soccer family. Um, but you're, you're hooked on hockey now. What's, what's the, the true passion as far as sports go? I mean, you've got to play football, you've got to play uh, on the, the able body and para level. Like what, what's, what's the, the, the favorite I would say definitely hockey okay I mean, all right i i have I didn't my need to dabble. put you on the spot <laughs> i i had my dabble with with um amputee soccer i played on the national team for like not a big deal years yeah, yeah. dual sport right? national team <laughs> <laughs> i went to the world cup at 15 like no big deal so yeah no big deal, deal. Right? i told you he's gonna be bringing <laughs> the gold medal out to the bar <laughs> oh did I, I forgot to take this off <laughs> i actually hate the attention Damn it again. Like, I, oh, i'm I sure i'll bring that out for sure i'm sure i'm just busting your balls man i know um, so, uh, I've only got one more Billman. Um, but I, I you know, obviously we, we Googled you and, uh, one of the first things I clicked on was the, the children's cancer foundation. Is there a, a specific community or, um, fundraiser or group that you work with, uh, either with the program or locally that, uh, quick plug for? Yeah. The children's cancer foundation, for sure. I, I go out to their gala every year. Um, unfortunately not this year because of COVID, um, but my family used to run a wiffle ball tournament where we would raise money for the Georgetown Pediatric Center, um, just raising money, like helping out, like with research and stuff. And we would probably make upwards of like 15K a year just to donate to them and everything. But yeah, the uh, Childhood Cancer Foundation and Georgetown Pediatric Cancer Center are, are my two big ones. So when these things pop up, you got to send us some links and we'll be firing it all over the social media. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I will. Last one I got is it's just kind of a simple one, may, maybe simple, may not be, but kind of what's next or what does the future hold for Peaches here? I mean, is it just continuous? I mean, you're a young kid still. You got a lot of hockey left in you. Are you about to just rack up, you know, well, see how many gold medals you, we can get here? Or are you still in school for biomed? Like what's what's the... No, so okay. I ended up changing my major to um, family and, and human sciences um so i'm on the child life track and another and- big brain <laughs> guest bill no we gotta stop getting these big brain guys on man they're making me feel dumb yeah so i decided to choose this route just because like when i was going through chemo um one of the biggest supporters for me and one of the most influential people in the hospital was my child life specialist um so that's something that really hit home for me i'd like to play hockey as long as i can obviously um health health uh permitting um so i'm going to continue like be in shape get you know be the best that i can be i am on pace to graduate from towson in fall of 22 so i'll take that semester that spring semester off for the paralympics and then graduate in the fall um and then after that the sky's the limit um i'd like to go till at least 26 um but i know i can definitely go to more if, if why 26 uh, um i feel like that would just be a good like stopping point because um, i feel like that that age range is kind of like when athletes hit their prime and whatnot is it is that something you could ever go back to or is it hard to to get back once you take a leave um some guys have been able to come back successfully um like rico roman he took a year off ended up making the national team jen lee took a year off spent a year on the development team and then made the national team again um but 
I mean, as long as I can stay healthy, I'm going to continue to keep playing. And I mean, Tom Brady's playing in his 10th freaking <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah. That, yeah, I've seen, I've, I love studying like people who are successful like that, especially in sports and the regimens and the workouts and the way he does what he does to stay healthy and fit. Are we going to get the uh, peach method here? The peach <laughs> no, method, no, baby. no, no. The, the peach peach's method performance is... method coming <laughs> soon at First Line Training Center. <laughs> It is not even close to the level that he is. He's on a whole nother level, but um, stuff like that inspires me to, to work harder every day. That's awesome, man. We're going to have to, uh, we were talking about it obviously pre COVID, but getting a, a chirping uh, skills comp down at a uh, Sandy spot here. We'll have to get you out there. Oh yeah. I, I play uh, at the end of um, practices. We play posts. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we'll see, we'll see if you guys can beat me. Just, oh, probably not. <laughs> God damn it. We're going to get crushed, but there it is, man. I mean, we really appreciate you, appreciate you coming on, Noah, and telling your story. It's it's incredible. I'm glad Sandy texted me about it, and we really appreciate, like you said, taking the time. And yeah, you've got an awesome story. And like I said, I hope you just continue to rack up gold medals, man. Like nothing, nothing. There's there's it's cool wearing one, but like give it a couple yeah. of years, and you're rocking two or three. You're just gonna be like, yep. Yeah, you're gonna have the take a picture biting it like all the all the X Games people. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I'll I'll send that guys to you guys so you can post it on the uh, social media. Right on, man. Loves having you. Thanks for telling your story and uh, support the Children's Cancer Network. It was at Georgetown Pediatrics, right? So mm-hmm. awesome guest. Uh, appreciate it, guys. Bark down. Off the bar. Bark, bark down. Off bark and down. Off the bar and down. What a shot. All right. Thanks again to Noah Girl for coming on. Very awesome interview. That interview is also on video on YouTube. I need to start saying that after we do these and record them and put them on YouTube. But yeah, go watch it on YouTube if you want. Go smash the like button, subscribe, all that good stuff. We put a lot of the interviews out on YouTube uh, as well as a ton of our other content. But yeah, thanks again to Noah Girl for coming on. Awesome story. Yeah, thank God this interview is not being videotaped right now. I look like hot garbage. But yeah, Noah Grove, great interview. Awesome kid. Um, Super fun to talk about. I mean, we have a bunch of different stories every week from different perspectives. And I think this one is probably uh, one of the more non-traditional. Yeah, for sure. So Pete Pats, Bobcat. I mean, three, three, two games last week and one this week, kind of weirdly. Uh, Let's kick us off with that first Carolina game that just kind of went bananas. Absolute heartbreaker. Um, So let's start from the top. I mean, 48 shots on goal, 47 saves. Um, Two to one for Carolina. Only goal uh, for Carolina coming in the second, Daniel now. And then Nick Wood tied it up um, early in the third before we went to a nine-person shootout. (laughs) What Do you know the specific rules in USPHL? Is it like once you get to it, everybody's got to go once or can they like start flipping? Everyone's got to go once. Everyone's got to go once. Um, But yeah, dude, nine freaking shooters and we had three goals for carolina two for um potomac but dylan delaire jesus christ or just like 46 saves man that's a heartbreaker you get a point out of it like tough to see but we know potomac's still fighting so they, they dropped that game uh two one and then they played carolina the following night you got that one yeah yeah you said Dylan delaire had a had a long night there well carolina did tonight he played again and they put up 50 shots 29 in the first period alone that's i mean that's <laughs> that's remarkable i don't know how you can give a kid 100 shots on goal yeah, and like that's, I mean, to, to let up five <laughs> yeah come on like good for him i mean i mean 
Carolina scores three goals in the first there, makes it 3-1. to one. Nick Lippman gets one on back on the board for the Patriots. No scoring until the third uh, when Carolina makes it a 4-1 game. So, I mean, not much to talk about on that game. It just, that's just honestly a quick, easy, just like, all right, you got peppered for 50 shots, you put up a fight, but you got I mean, kid's got a 9-3-3 save percentage, man. Like, that's impressive. That's uh... – yeah, that's impressive. That's a tough weekend for him. It sucks to see. I know that yeah. we're rooting for our guys at Potomac, but that's a rough one. And then they went to Richmond Tuesday night. Um, and unfortunately, that game got out of hand, it looks like. Uh, don't yeah. have um, much to say for Potomac on that one, but Roll Jens, Connor Rooney started the scoring in the first, followed by Safinski. Rooney gets his second 3 nothing lead to end the first period. Uh, Mason Hohen, Owen Noel, not, o, not Owen Nolan. Uh, and then oh, Matt no. Wood, leader, one of the guys that our boy RC talked about last week. Yep, yep. Another three-goal period for the Generals. He's always a good interview, man. I love RC coming yeah, on. He's yeah, always he's a good like, guy. He just comes on, talks a little shit, and he's good, man. Yeah, he's someone we're gonna we're definitely going to have to catch up with him. But um, three goals each period. Matt Wood picked up another one in the third. Carter Jordan had two. Nine-rip game, Jacob Hahn and net for Potomac. They gave Delaire the night off, but Brett Tome with a uh, 19 for 19 pitcher and no-no against Richmond there. Uh, big win for Potomac or big win for Richmond. I know that premier team's trying to get back on track. Um, hopefully hitting their stride at the right time here. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good win for Richmond to close that weekend now. Cause they were struggling. They had Saturday, Sunday versus Hampton road Whalers. Saturday six to one loss Sunday, four to one loss. So it's just kind of a, it's a 10 to weekend. I mean, there's not much to really say about either game. They got held up, held to one goal in each game. Um, looks like Bernstein and uh, Lenny Perno split the game Saturday night. And then uh, on Sunday, it was just uh, Lenny and that the entire time. So, yeah, just kind of a tough weekend. And so I guess they needed that bounce back right there against uh, Potomac on Tuesday night. Yeah, they don't count how they count how many. So, I mean, you got to take your wins when you can get them at this point. Um so Hampton, where they, they had Richmond back-to-back, uh, yeah. picked up a couple points there. So, that's I mean, that's big. Let's check out these standings. What are our standings looking like after last week? Uh, in the Premier League, they are looking like – So, I mean, Charlotte's still sitting first place, 59 points. Carolina right behind them, 52 points. Richmond in third, 43 points. Hampton with 40 right on their tail. And then Potomac with eight points. Um, they picked up another point. I mean, like I said, there's no real moral victories when you're playing – hockey at this point but um nice to see it potomac is still putting up a fight there and and you know hopefully spoiling some some big games for guys at the end of the year here yeah i mean that's that's just that's what they got to do i mean but all those teams are trying to chip away climb up or you got potomac who's just trying to win some games and finish it at this point you got to finish the season on the high note you got to be feeling good about next year grats yeah absolutely and uh, you know he, he inherited a tough situation and uh the only thing that he can do is you know make it more um, uh, more of a uh, destination, you know, bring people in, get the local guys in. And yeah. it's a lot easier to do that when you're ending the season with, you know, close games or you're not looking at the the first half of the schedule. So uh, we're going to keep rooting for our guys. I mean, it's tough to pick favorites when we, we interview yeah. all these coaches and, and get to yeah, know the right? guys here, you're but just good ass dudes. You're just like, yeah, yeah you're both great. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no problems with uh, Richmond over in the elite division right now. They're still sitting in first. Charlotte is right on their ass, though. Um, two games in hand. Charlotte is one point behind uh, Richmond here. But um, well, Richard, Richmond rolled this weekend. The elite team, 3-0. Yeah, they, and they absolutely. Got 5-4 on Hampton. That's a tight one and a 4-3 overtime winner. So those are two tight ones. And then they would kind of follow in the premier steps and whoop 
uh, the P-Pats six to nothing on Tuesday night this week. But yeah, that overtime game Sunday. I mean, that's a good series. You get two one goal games right there. I mean, uh, Nathan Fisher gets the OT game winner on Sunday to give the generals a good four point, I guess four points to one, whatever you still could let Hampton get a point, but you got your four. You need it. Yeah, no, we, uh, I don't want to keep harping on the interview we had last week, but um, super competitive lineup, tough to get in the lineup for those guys on Richmond right now. And um, I mean, there's a reason why, right? Like tough team. They're, they're yeah. hammering through guys right now. They've got Potomac. Um, they're off this weekend. Then they got Potomac and Carolina. I got a question by, for you though, about yeah, what yeah. This, this, the Sunday game shots were 38, 38, right? Hampton and Richmond. Richmond goes 12, 12, 12, and two in the overtime period, right? The consistency right there. Hampton yeah, yeah. goes five, 24, eight, and one. So they just had a second. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's look at the actual scoring here. They only had I mean, only one, one goal, goal in the, in the second. second of the entire they game. Just but peppered that was, them. It looks like there was a, a ton of penalties in the second, though. So uh, Hampton, one, two, three, four, five. Richmond, one, two, yeah. three, four, five. Not a single so, power play goal scored. No, a lot yeah, of special no. teams that game. So I think good practice, I guess, if <laughs> no one's scoring. But, yeah, man, that's a, that's a pretty lopsided period, right, 24 right? shots as I, well. That stuck out to me. It was just like 12-12-12 for Richmond, and then Hampton was 5-24-8. Yeah, that is a little bizarre. Uh, who who had, a, we had Eric Gibney had three points that game. Shane Ziegler had three points. Yeah. Uh, a couple couple big games for Hampton. And then Richmond, uh, their scoring was capped off by Michael Stagel, um, Caden Hardesty, and Ryan Cotts. Where's their Yingling twins at? Did they do anything? Uh, uh brendan yingling had an apple boy. there we they go they gotta do something rc hyped them up man yeah, like yeah. One, one crack the lineup yeah i mean that's what we said tough lineup to get into tough lineup to get into you, the yinglings better come buzzing so we got anything else in the elite division here uh hampton played richmond correct did we check yep, in yep, on yep. p-pats they only have the one Gosh. game i think they only had the one game so i guess with that being said let's kick it over to the montgomery cheetahs uh we'll put the We'll share the stuff. We shared it on our story the other day, the Instagram story. We're talking to a coach and one of the fundraisers slash mentors. Like we said, good interview. They're trying to save the club. I mean, it's you like helping clubs in need around. I mean, they're not like a sustained club. Like you, you're not. You're always gonna have people coming back to the Bowie Bruins. You're always gonna have people come back to the Howard Huskies and come to travel hockey and stuff at these clubs. That like the like the Washington Blind Hockey Club is one that comes to mind that we interviewed back in the first season. Um, you know, the Montgomery Cheetahs here, just clubs like that. Yeah, absolutely. We know times are tough for a lot of people right now, but if you're, we're, we're obviously not asking you to overextend, but if you're in a position to, to help out these clubs and uh, I, I think it's pretty easy to have a heart for these guys and what they're doing out there. So uh, if you can, you know, spread the word, we're going to try and get that chirping uh, PS4 tournament going, hop in, uh, we'll figure out a buy-in and everything and, and try and pump some money over to the cheetahs here. Bingo. So let's kick it over to him right now. We now welcome on two very special guests from the Montgomery Cheetahs Hockey Association. We've got Paulo, who's one of the mentors and is putting together the Montgomery Cheetahs fundraiser. I'm sure that you've seen on Instagram, Twitter, uh, you name it. We've got the executive director and one of the assistant coaches, Sean. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Great. Thanks for having us. Perfect. So we saw your stuff on Instagram the other day. Obviously, you reached out, wanted to get you guys on here to talk about it. So, Sean, let's start with you. Kind of just give everyone, I guess, the background of the club and the program here to begin with and just kind of, you know, kind of talk about when it started, uh, what its core values are, that kind of good stuff. Absolutely. The Montgomery Cheetahs were founded in 2006, uh, designed to be a vehicle for children with disabilities in, in the area, Montgomery County, Maryland, uh, and to use hockey as a vehicle for life skills. Uh, 
special hockey as a uh, as an organization in America is one of the fastest growing segments of youth hockey. There are more than a hundred different clubs across the United States right now, and the Mukherjee is just one piece of that. Um, over the past 15 years, more than a hundred athletes have rotated through our program at any one time. Uh, some as young as five, others in their mid 20s. Uh, you know, we use the game of hockey for communication, for cooperation, for sharing. Uh, for all the sort of elements that are valuable outside uh, the ice arena. Uh, but interestingly enough, hockey has an, Im- an immense uh, therapeutic value as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're very lucky to be able to have a great group of individuals, you know, a hockey loving group here in Montgomery County who want to support not, o- not only our athletes, but a program like this. Love it, love it. Who all uh, who all's involved with the group? Have you been there since 2000? And I know you said the program's been around since 06. Have you been there from the start, or what's kind of the makeup of the cheetahs like? So, so the story of the cheetahs is actually a fantastic one. Uh, the organization began as a bar mitzvah project for two okay. young Montgomery Youth Hockey Association boys about to celebrate their bar mitzvah and needed to do a service project. They had a young cousin who had autism. And they wanted to think about a way where they could support that community. So they took their love of hockey and their love of their cousin, and they put together this organization. Uh, Summer of 2006, five or six kids showed up at Rockville Ice Arena in a July day. None of them had any hockey experience. uh, But these two young, what we'll call mentors, our founding mentors, set the tone for an organization that still exists today. And while it began as a volunteer organization, it remains a volunteer organization. All the coaches and leaders of this organization volunteer their time. Uh, and we turn to middle school and high school aged mentors like Paula, who has been one of our longer serving mentors uh, to help us on the ice and develop these peer to peer relationships. Love it. I mean, switching to you, Paula, kind of talk about what it is being a mentor, how you got involved in the program at the start. And I'm, I'm sure you play high school hockey, you play probably play club hockey. So what not, you, you just like, is it like your off practice nights you're going yeah. and mentoring? Why don't you and- introduce yourself to the listeners too, Paula? Um, I'm Paula. I'm a senior at Bethesda Chevy Chase High School, and I'm um, I'm part of the IB program. So that's why the fundraiser started, because we needed a service project. And I've been a um, cheetah mentor since the summer uh, freshman year because eighth grade I went to Rockville and one night they had the Cheetahthon, which is one of their biggest fundraisers and I saw it and I fell in love since I love kids and I love working with special needs kids I actually in college I'm going to study special education love so it. my love for hockey and my love for like special needs just came together and that day I gave him my email I signed up and then as soon as the season started I think I missed like two practices each each year I've been and it's my favorite part of the week, just going every Saturday, working with the kids. I got to bond, especially with one of the players in the second session, really got to see him grow and develop. And it's, I just love it. Love it. So so, what is, what is that? Uh, I know you said you only missed two practices, but how often are you guys on the ice? Is it um, a big group of you? Do you practice throughout the week scattered around? Are there different teams at different levels? Sean, so the Cheetahs have about sec- 70 athletes right now. Wow. We have one, uh, two hours of ice every Saturday morning in a non-COVID environment uh, at Cabin John Ice Arena. And we break it into groups. Our first hour are more developed skaters who are playing the game of hockey. And while we still have mentors on the ice to assist them, uh, they are playing at a pace that makes many of them 
capable of playing in traditional youth hockey. Uh, and many of them go on to play, have gone on to play adult uh, hockey here in Montgomery County. Nice. The second hour of the ice is when we have our younger developing skaters. And that's decidedly one-to-one mentoring where skaters like Paula will come out, be assigned an individual, develop a relationship with them over time and help them navigate the practice. Uh, they may be passing the puck, uh, maybe working on their edges. It could be any number of skills that you would see being done anywhere from a might practice right up through a bantam practice. Now, are there other clubs kind of maybe in the East Coast area that you guys maybe will go and compete against or anything like that? Or is it just kind of the practice sessions you run? Uh, 100%. Uh, Love it. Special hockey is first and foremost designed to be therapeutic, but it is competitive. There are yeah, more than 100 You, got, you still want to go win games. <laughs> there are more than 100 pro- programs in the United States. Uh, there's a national organization called the American Special Hockey Association. And right here in this area, we have the luxury of having a number of special hockey programs. Right. Uh, we have our rivals on the uh, Virginia side of the river, the Northern Virginia Cool Cats. They oh, yeah, the Cool Cats, that. yep. So yeah, they skate out of uh, where the Caps practice. We have up in Laurel. There's the northern, uh, the the Ice Dogs. Mm-hmm. There's a team in Baltimore. There's a new team in Frederick, and it seems like they're popping up everywhere. Now we travel a lot, and that's what one of these fundraisers uh, gotcha. helps us do. We have been to Lake Placid and skated on the uh, Olympic ice there. We have been all over the East Coast playing in tournaments, uh, and these aren't just hockey tournaments. These are social tournaments. These events hold. Um, special sessions to bring our athletes together and make those connections socially uh, that, that last a very long time. So what can we do right now to help out with the cheetahs? What, what kind of fundraisers do we have going on? Um, I know Paula, you mentioned uh, their cheetahthon a few years back that got you interested. Uh, what, what's going on <clears throat> for the cheetahs and, and how can we get involved? And we see the dancing TikToks on the ice. Yeah. We've been seeing those to promote. Um, so right now there's a fundraiser. Um, for the, as I said before, for the I program, we needed um, a service project, and my uh, my love for cheetahs, I was like, I need to help them out. So right now, since they're not practicing, last year they couldn't hold the cheetahthon, so that fundraiser got canceled, and probably this year it will too. So um, I thought that was, this would be a way to raise money. Right now, we have the Instagram um, account, which is where we're doing most of our promoting, which is at uh, donate to cheetah. And there we're posting every day of the week except Fridays, like a mentor explaining why you should donate and their experience. And then every Friday, we're going to have a special segment from a player and explaining their what cheetahs means to them. So I think that's going to be a good way of promoting and explaining to people what cheetahs means to both mentors and the impact it has on the athletes. I love it. I love it. I want to ask about Speedy real quick here. He seems like a super popular guy. Do you guys treat it like an NHL mascot where the person that wears that doesn't reveal their identity or anything like that? Uh, you, you nailed it. So year <laughs> over year, a new individual takes on that role. And when that individual heads off to college, we, uh, we introduce the audience to who had served as Speedy in that window. Oh, that's awesome. So, nice, so is, a nice little revealing there. At the is, end. is Speedy an honor or Speedy the short straw? How do you go about finding Speedy? <laughs> and part of it's size based. You can't be over <laughs> six feet put on that costume. Perfect. Uh, so if I come out and help, I can't fit in the bird and then Speedy there. So we're good. I, you know, I got to tell you, people, people want to play Speedy. Uh, there's coach there's will fit right in. He'll fit just fine. Ah, so when right, every team that... has a mascot, Ah, I love that. I love that. So we kind of talked about it, but I mean, like we said, Paula, you said the Instagram at donate to cheetahs, um, that th- there's a ton of stuff on the website, but what else uh, should people listeners know 
um, they, they can go to the website, like you said, because the donations right now we're talking about are like helping fund the travel. And I mean, it, and and kind of, Sean, you could probably touch on this a bit. Has this been a tough year in terms of like having the pandemic here, like affecting ice time, affecting this, that, and the other? Or I, I, we left the ice uh, just about a year ago at Cabin John, mm-hmm. and we have not returned. Uh, in essence, the pandemic has canceled our 15th anniversary season, which is such a disappointment because we had so much to celebrate. Uh, we have done that out of a, an abundance of caution with a population with un- lots of underlying health conditions. Uh, and it's very sad. Um, and it's sad for the athletes in part because they miss seeing people like Paula. Uh, and I have to tell you that through the history of this program, the mentors have been the foundation of who we are and what we do. Their generosity is beyond everything that you can imagine. In, in Montgomery County, most high school students need to accumulate a certain number of service learning hours to be able to right. graduate high school. And that number differs based on public to private. Mm-hmm. Many mentors come out because they need to meet that number of service learning hours. But there are many mentors who come and are here for four or five years, accumulate hundreds of hours of service. Individuals like Paula, who was our highest and she had accumulated the most number of hours for the past two years. Okay, uh, it's dedication like that. And mind you, a lot of these are high school aged athletes right. who on a Friday night are skating at Rockville or Laurel or Cabin John for their own high school games up late. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're back on the ice with us at 645 on a Saturday morning, in part because they love the program so much. And that's why the videos that Paula and Ramey, who are, who's co-hosting this fundraiser together, the videos of the mentors talking about its impact uh, is so tremendous and is really compelling. I've got one more question for you, Sean. Um, when it comes to the mentors, like you said, uh, a lot of it is, is kids doing it out of the kindness of their heart and love of the game, a uh, combination of maybe meeting some school qualifications. Do you guys have uh, a large number of volunteers? Do you need more mentors when the ice returns? Is it is it easy to track year to year? Because, you know, we have people going off to college and stuff, but how can we help out in that way at all? How do we, how do we get mentors in there? I think the awareness of our program is at an all time high right now. And in fact, because there's only a limited amount of space on the ice between coaches, athletes, and mentors, there are some weekends in which we have to turn people away. We actually have a sign up system now. Um, so it is a challenge. Good problem to have. That's a good problem to have. But this is an all-in-the-family sort of event. Uh, while I may help run this organization, I have a child with special needs who is an athlete and has been so for numbers of years. Our head coach has an athlete uh, on the team. Uh, others are coaches that skate with us on our adult hockey programs. But that f- in-the-family component stre- stretches down to mentors as well. Paula's brother has mentored with us and is a, is a great fan of our, of our kids. Uh, and there are others, it's brother and sister, some of whom are in college now, and now how uh, they have a high school age brother or sister, they follow in that tradition. Uh, and it's really, really heartwarming to see that. Love it. Love it. So Paul, I'll ask you one more question kind of what's your favorite thing about mentoring and one last thing you should leave everybody to know about the Montgomery Cheetahs. My favorite part of mentoring is just seeing the kids smile when they score a goal, celebrate with their friends. Like every kid comes up on a Saturday at 6.45 a.m. with a smile on their face and they live with an even bigger smile after playing hockey. And I just think it's so like rewarding seeing them smile from doing something I love doing too. And just how like, the big of an impact that hockey has on these kids. You learned some new celebrations from some of the kids? 
come back and p- pull one out in your BCC game or something? Yeah, actually, the kid I work <laughs> with, after every goal, he comes up to me, he raises both hands, he goes, Paul, hands up, I just scored. And it's <laughs> probably the cutest thing ever. Good stuff. Well, Bobcat, you got anything else for him? Uh, no, I think we, we're we're spitballing a little bit over uh, in our in our group chat. We're going to try and uh, obviously promote everything on social media, but there's a lot of um, trash talking going around on who's the best NHL player in the group. So we're going to try and get a little tournament going and maybe raise some money there. But we got to iron out some details. I'll leave that up to, to coach here. But we're going to we're going to promote it and pump it and see what we can do for you guys and, and hopefully yes. bring more awareness like you guys are obviously trying to do here. So it's awesome what you're doing um obviously uh we hear it all the time and it's blasted all over the nhl but hockey's for everyone and i think it's awesome that you guys are so involved with with bringing awareness to, to special needs hockey well, thanks so much for having us and bringing awareness to this we wouldn't we wouldn't be where we are without uh individuals like paula and that group of mentors that come out to support us and uh, as we you know as we march toward our 20th anniversary my hope is the program will continue to grow uh, and we'll have the support of the community like we do now yeah, thank you so much. All right, like we said, we'll put we'll put the link into the bio. Go donate to the cheetahs there. But Bobcat, we got some high school hockey to get into. And we have and playoffs. We have playoff playoffs high hockey to talk about here. Uh, let's get into what the CSHL tweeted here. As in the past years, cross division seating, North number one and South number two will be on one side of the bracket, while South one and North two on the other side. These four teams get first round buys. So who would that be in the North? Uh, it's it's West Poe and Liberty are the top two teams there. And then the South, it's Woodbridge and West Springfield. Bingo, looks like West Poe got back on the winning streak. So, hey, nine in one season. I, I know that's tough. That's That sucks when you know you're a good team and, like, your first goal of the season is just, hey, undefeated regular season. Because that's how well, we always took it at Honeytown. It was always like, all right, we're not just going to come in day one and be like, all right, let's just, like, win state. No, it's like, all right, let's let's go win this. Let's go win this preseason tournament, Frederick. Let's come down, win our season, the shitty ass Southern Conference. Let's win. Let's get an undefeated season, and then go from there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm on the other end of the thinking there. I think West Pope probably fortunate to get a loss before playoffs. You know, actually, you know, feel human, um, have things to work on and improve on. A little bit easier to do when the rearview mirror is not too far behind them with that that only loss in the year. So, I mean, I, I think it's probably a positive, or at least yeah. Coach McCall is going to turn it into one. Love it. So first round matchups on Friday, 219. North number three versus South number six. So that would be TC Williams versus yeah, Robinson. One win on the year for Robinson. So we'll yeah, we'll kind of go through the bracket now. Then I say next week we go through and um once they release the bracket, let's go through and just on the episode we'll just make picks. Yeah, for sure. We'll make a you know what uh, I mean? yeah, yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be good stuff. Uh next is North Four versus South Five. So North four would be Hayfield and South five is Lake Braddock. Lake Braddock. Okay. 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 Oh, wait, I think Bishop Ireton won and they jumped in because Bishop Ireton tweeted tonight. Wednesday oh, did that they? they were the four seed. So that's, that's okay. I just saw that South three versus North six. South three is forest park and North six is Woodson. If, if Ireton jumped, right. Okay. Yep. 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 Uh, South four versus in five. South four would be Colgan and North five. Um, Hayfield. Yeah, it'll be Hayfield. Yep. And then there's no reseeding. How do you feel about no reseeding in tournaments? I don't know. I mean, you've been a part of the state tournament and these tournaments more than I have. I mean, well, it's 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 done two ways. So let's kind of let's kind of transition to the MSHL by talking about the MSHL. When I played, when you played, when we were back in high school, it was you had to come out of your region. You know, 
Yep. So the Southern Conference and the Eastern Conference always had to come out of the Eastern region. Um, so we had so during playoffs, like pretty much as long because that's but that's also still when they had the um, what was the term they used to call schools with multiple teams? Was it Purple team. Puck? Provisional provisional teams. Oh, provisional. Purple Puck was just the uh, the the Christmas tournament. Yeah. But um, our guy John Cotton. But uh, so it, what it was is there was two leagues. There's two high school leagues. There was varsity and provisional, and like us in Northern would always play each other. Like obviously in the Southern Conference, Leonardtown, the played all that shit. Um, but Northern was always a provisional team. So what Northern has was kids from Calvert, kids from Northern, and like the couple kids that got cut from Huntington. And so they were, were technically a provisional team. So we would play each other all year. We would compete for the Southern uh, Conference Championship. But once it got to state playoffs, we went to a separate tournament than them. You know what I'm saying? So like they went to the provisional tournament, and we went to the actual like the real varsity tournament. I would I wouldn't know. I played one year of high school hockey for Bowie as a provisional player, uh, and then they told me I had to go play for Roosevelt the next year. So I was out on that. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I know that you you like it the old way. I don't know yeah. what it does competition wise. I, I, I liked well. It 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 it's not what it does competition wise. It wise is what it does rivalry wise. You know what I mean? Like so we had so say there was three. Yeah, we're gonna get you like you play Easton every year. We want to play Easton. Yeah, so we played Easton, but we always but like since like Riken and sometimes La Plata were the only two like non-provisional teams. We didn't up just having to play Riken and then just going on. But now it's um they power rank, quote unquote power rank one through sixteen, and then they do it that way based on analytics, I guess, because twenty twenty. We'll have to bring Blake in on that yeah, one. Yeah, like Blake, you're gonna have to become our analytical high school hockey guy. You're gonna have to start doing Corsi for all these kids <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> we have to start paying him to do that. He's gonna be like, what the fuck? Uh last Friday, couple games. I mean, Rockville Marketer looks like that game was not played. It looks like two games were played. Sorry. Frederick County six to one over Urbana up there in the Monaca Valley and Oakdale also over Carroll County. Not too many games left. Uh, in the MSHL here, Bob. I mean, they're they're just so scattered. I wish they kind of kept it like um I like how CHL does the Friday night hockey. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, then we had Saturday night games. Whitman beat Damascus. Uh, Quince Orchard beat Walter Johnson. Wooten beat Montgomery. Um, I mean, there is one game tonight that I'm. uh, We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to circle back and like plug on top of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, That is the game. Yeah, it's the Chirpin DMV Mega Bowl. Yeah, we got the Chirpin DMV Mega Bowl tonight. We've got Swamp Kings versus River Hill. Uh, It said it was at two forty. I don't see a score on here. I'm assuming that Check Riverhill didn't even show up. If I have any meetings. Um, Wednesday, 240. Oh, that was today. Riverhill, yeah. did you get scared of the Swamp Kings? I don't know, but Mount what Hebron took down Athelton and Marriott's Ridge beat the Wolves. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We have to assume the Swamp Kings probably won like 30 nothing. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and assume that. Uh, Swamp Kings, if you have a Twitter, please reach out. Yeah, Say let us up. know. Say what's up. Um, standings wise, I. I uh, we had Joe LaCour on, but that was that was a while ago, and they're still stand, uh, figuring a bunch of stuff out. But I say, I mean, M- M- MSHL would kind of do the same thing. We wait, wait, wait. I think they're going to be like two. I think it, this is going to work out nicely because I think CHL is going to get their playoffs started first, and then right after CHL gets their playoffs going, I think we're going to get MSHL and MBSHL followed by that. So we're going to have like continuous playoff coverage instead of just like trying to jam it all in the one fucking week. But uh, we can do the same thing. We'll we'll do a little bracketology, chirping bracketology. Yeah, I mean, we have to have something keeping us busy again with the the yeah. who knows what's going to go on with the NHL. So we got playoffs to look forward to. Love it. So let's get to the last league here, and then that'll be episode eighty nine. It'll be your weekend. You can go, I don't know, fuck, 
hang out in the snow. Tyler Sloan episode. Tyler Sloan episode. So the NBSHL, they're kind of coming to an end. We're getting tweeted at. They got a lot of good teams that that work well with us on Twitter. Uh, Yorktown, last game was last night uh, at MedStar versus Fockwire Highlands at 710. 710. Fuck here. That's right before my men's league game. They better be on the other damn side. I'm telling you what. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the coach of Yorktown is on the team that I'm playing against tomorrow. All right, a couple games tonight in the MBSHL as they start to wrap their season up. Chantilly uh, is hosting Loudoun County slash Freedom. Yorktown is at home, like we said. Independence is at home versus Tuscarora slash Heritage. McLean hosting Langley. Paul VI hosting Patriot uh, Rappenick. Uh, so, Bobcat, the standings here. I mean, some divisions are tight. Some divisions are close. Is we going to go with the Norris division there? No, nah, I'm just kind of talking a little bit of Adams division. Like you have to, you have the tight race between McLean and Langley at 12. Yeah, and that's. I mean, they're like, playing this weekend. That's a big game. Yeah. So I mean, that division, Adams, the Adams division. We got McLean in first with 12 points, or six and three. Langley's five and four with 10 points. Oakton four and six. You can do the math. Eight points. Yeah. Keep up with me here. Madison three six and one for seven points. Yeah. And one win on the year for Loudon, giving them two points. So yeah, I'm not uber competitive or probably exciting but at least that mclean langley game is going to be a close one and hopefully uh get the juices flowing down there who's your favorite right now coming out of this league <sighs> out of the whole league <sighs> i think i'm going i'm a battlefield guy i think I, dude it's hard to say anything against you know briar woods at this point they have 62 goals uh, on the year um only giving up 13 uh, battlefield's also putting up big numbers but i think i think i'm gonna go i'm gonna ride the briar woods wagon here yeah I love it. Uh, so kind of there it is, guys, the high school roundup. So we mentioned it a couple of times that it kind of made me start thinking of some stuff from last year. So like I said, when, we, when each of these gets to playoffs, Bobcat, I say we do um, – we'll talk about them on the episode, but last year I did a blog um, predicting games. So we could do a dual blog there predicting games. And let me tell you what. Do you know how many high school hockey kids were talking shit to the Chirpin DMB Twitter? Like when I got a game wrong, like the entire team would like, Oh, I thought we were supposed to lose with like the shush emoji and shit like that. I was like, I was getting hammered. You getting ratioed picks. I was getting hammered for wrong picks. Dude, it doesn't say I would have teams like schools come at me. I was like, what the f- Jesus Christ. Hey, any publicity is better, better than no publicity. Exactly. And I think one of them was like when Glenel got, got upset early in the tournament and I had, we had like Tommy Tracy on the week before one of their start stud players right there. And I was like, Oh, whoops. Well, well, I'm excited, dude. I I want these people chirping at us, chirp at the uh, Instagram, find me or Instagram, Twitter, find me on, dude, I'm on private, but you want to talk shit. I'm down for it. Hit me with the Bobcat 28, man. Let's get after it. But I'm excited, man. Do it if we if we're gonna if we're gonna drag your team during the playoffs and say the other team's gonna whoop you and you pull the upset then talk that shit we'll give you we'll give you like a free shirt or something yeah who's that who's the dude in the Super good. Bowl that rookie in the Super Bowl that hit Tyreek with the peace sign uh he gave him the Winfield two, two fingers up he's like what's yeah. up boy after he got after the same thing happened to him but yeah good stuff what do you got going on the rest of the week in the weekend it's like I said pretty shitty out right uh pretty shitty out got a big exam on Friday um yeah. probably just crushing some pods Tonight, listening yeah. to uh NHL or playing NHL I don't I don't know man we'll see I'm definitely not golfing that's for sure so in this weekend so let's 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 start um let's start brainstorming once you finish that test Friday we're gonna kick back hammer some beers and play some late night chill and dude you know what I've you know what I've been just listening to a lot of lately huh the Beastie Boys do you watch that Beastie Boys doc on HBO I I did but that, that the one that came out of like not recently but like what was it like within the last five six months yeah dude i was, I was like early cranking, in the pandemic cranking beastie boys lately really that's a pg that's in me that's a pg that's how, in me 
that's what I get too. If like I watch a documentary or something, I'm like, oh, that was good. Like when um, what was the Motley Crue movie when that came out? I downloaded. Oh like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Hammered it for like two, two or three weeks at a time. I was like, huh, fuck it. <laughs> movie was tight. Music's great. For now, right on, I'm gonna get bored of it soon. But what about you? Y'all, y'all settled in? Kinda. I I got one picture hung. That's it. I gotta get some more stuff. This will be the last weekend. We'll get everything. We'll get everything moved in. And Jesse, it's been kind of chilling. Join the new crib. We gotta get we gotta get you up here, Brando up here. DJ's moving to Virginia here in the next month or two, and get the Chirping Squad together once things open up. And yeah, get at us on Twitter. Let's get a chill tournament going. Uh, ben yes. Little, our our resident Canadian, says he's gonna beat all your guys' asses. So bring it on. Yeah, and this is a true testament to see if he will listen to this episode. So Ben Little, you're garbage. I'm coming for your head. And thanks calling for you out. Bingo. Love it. There it is. Happy Friday. Go win your games. Happy playoff hunt. I'm never